podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to episode 333 of the Anfield Index podcast, in which I'm joined, for which I'm joined, at which I'm joined, and other prepositions about joining, by Carl Kopak, by Lisa Marianne, and by Guy Drinkle, which is nice to have Guy on board for this week as well. Now, as a keen astrologer, Carl uh, Kopak will know. Pause for effect there. As he. Has he has he gotten furious? Yes, he's gotten furious. Excellent. Carl Kopic will know that 333 is an angel number which signifies the discovery of a new path. And um, maybe someone out there might know that the number 333 is also quite uh, significant in the occult world and to the Masons. Uh, in fact, the Albert Pike Lodge is number 333. If you ever fancy checking out the website, because people think they're real secretive, but you can actually go on a Freemason website if you're interested. And, the wrong and what I find really fascinating about this particular number is that if you were to do a typical impression of an Irish person saying that particular number, it would probably be something like 333 be Jesus and be Gara. And that winds me up so much <laughs> that I have decided that this week what I need to do, folks, is I need to give you a little tutorial, if you'll pardon the um, uh, arrogance of such a thing, on Irish accents and why you're doing it wrong in most cases. So this is uh, something I found on the internet, on YouTube. It's actually not bad. It's pretty straightforward and I think covers most of the bases. And what I'm trying to syndicate is that there is a variety. There is nuance. In my county alone, there are at least three or four different types of accents that I can talk about. And there's quite a few counties in Ireland, as you may well be aware. So just for the benefit of public broadcast as, as a sort of a, a, a service to the world of impersonations because I'll never forget fellas doing really quite decent impersonas, impersonation um, um, types doing Northern Irish accents when they were supposed to be imitating someone from the South. Here's this little chat see what you make of it. I think Ireland has to get something straight with the rest of the world or maybe just Hollywood. You see we don't all sound like leprechauns on acid. Thank you, Tom Cruise, Jared Butler, and Jesus have mercy on our soul, Julia Roberts. <laughs> There's actually a big difference if you're either from the north, south, east, or west of Ireland. Let's break it down and set this record straight. Are you listening, Roberts? Dublin is the capital, and the accent here was heavily influenced by the British occupation of Ireland for more than 800 years. What's odd is that for such a relatively small city, we have two very distinct accents, generally assigned to north and south side. On the north side, you'll hear people talking like this. Here the D replaces TH. So you get a lot of this, that, these and those. And if there's a T at the end of a word, bleed and forget it. Venture south and they'll speak absolutely like this. The South Dublin resident is all about the O's and O's. Elongate those vowels like, yeah, yeah. Like totally the opposite of the narrow sounds of the north sider. Moving into the south, we come to the People's Republic of Corkby. For some weird reason, everyone here speaks a few octaves higher than the rest of the country, boy. It's a little bit forlorn and a little bit melodic, and every now and again, boy, is thrown in for the crack. Fair play to you, boy. Now move down a bit and you're into West Cork, where it all gets a bit thicker and a bit faster. Then there's Kerry, and that is probably the jewel in the Irish accent crown. 
not sure even Irish people understand this, unless they're from the kingdom itself. Sure, it's fast and it's furious. SH features even when it's not there, you know, like, sure, doesn't it sound better for it, like, you know? Limerick is more nasal and sharper on the ear, so you can tell you've left the kingdom far behind. You might get called a ghoul if you're acting the maggot or if you're langers. Now we're going way up north. I tell you, it's very different, especially in Belfast. Sure, the Scottish plantation of Ulster was so successful that it changed the way they speak forever. Now it's pronounced now. I means yes, and a wee cracker is a beautiful girl, so it is. So this is how we sound, you know what I mean, bud? And it's a totes generalisation, like. But sure it is what it is, boy. And it's only a broad guide from an Irish gal, like. But sure, we're only having the crack. Now, I'm aware that Carl's come to visit this country, and Lisa Marie has been, and is talking about doing it again. So I just wanted to, you know, give you a little bit of a, an insight into the various places you might wander and what the people will sound like there. And with that, welcome the astrologer of the show, Carl Kopak. How are you doing, man? It is astrology, right? <laughs> Firstly, just going on. <laughs> no, no, there, there are several points to be made here. <laughs> um, my, my uncle is David. Uh, my mum, who's, who's always lived in Liverpool, pronounces David. I don't think anyone else does that. And I think that might be a slight Irish thing. I'm not sure. It is an Irish thing. It is an Irish thing. He's always David. Um, We record on this trail on the 28th of July, Raymond Kennedy's birthday. And um, if it's your birthday today, firstly, happy birthday to us. And I bet you're all happy with yourselves for being a Leo and thinking, oh, I'm a Leo because I was born on the 28th of July. No, you were not. You were born under the star sign of Cancer, that's because all constellations, all zodiacal constellations, and they're very arbitrary linked to never never even mind behaviour patterns, but just actual dates are all completely wrong and have been for thousands of years. Don't at me. I won't read your tweet. Sounds like a Scorpio. I am a Scorpio. (laughs) I'm not a Sagittarius. Uh, I'm with Brainsy as well, actually. Really an Aquarius? Is that what you're telling me? What's your, what's your date of birth there? 26th of January. Uh, you are Capricorn. Aquarius <laughs> is February the 16th to the 11th of March. That, oh, wow. I, okay. I mean that that is where the sun is in the constellation right. of Aquarius. Ah, oh, see? I'm shattered. I've always liked the age of the Aquarius. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. I have to. I know. I'm going to have to completely rethink my life. <laughs> Well, you have, you have joined Jesus. <laughs> I don't just, have time for that right now. <laughs> you have joined Jesus in uh, in Capricorn. Um, well, here's the weird thing. So, Brainty is only a few days older, younger than me. Um, Brain, oh, yeah, the the, the sun on Brainty's birthday, which I won't share, um, it was in the constellation of Ophiuchus, sea serpent, um, which isn't even a zodiacal constellation. You've got to love a bit of a fucus to get a show started. And I'm delighted that my um, um, poking of the bear there turned into something educational for us all. So thanks for that, Carl. And Lisa Marie, we've already heard from you a little bit here. Uh, how's your week been? How are you doing since we spoke last? For we're the... going to talk about the holiday, but thanks. Oh, no, no, we're getting there. We're no, getting you can't there. Remember. Yeah, remember. <laughs> you can't. You, you, you carry on there, Trev, yourself. There you oh, go. God almighty, get out. No, it's not yourself now. That's unbelievable. That's why I've not been That's... invited back on day trippers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I am. I. I. I'm literally. It's. It's either brain. It's either brain making alcoholic references, or you doing fucking shy Irish accents. What is going on here? You started um, at astrology, man. I, I listen. Listen, pal. It's not my fault that Russell Grant is your hero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I was saying, Lisa Marie, before we rudely interrupted by Carly, who wants to dominate proceedings by the here. Truth, yeah. uh, how how's your week, my friend? Well, I've been down to one child this week, so it's it's been a little bit quiet around the Hanahan household. So the two boys have been off with their grandparents um, in South Carolina for the week, and so it's just been child number three and uh, Mr. H and I. So yeah. Been, it's been kind of nice. And Less cats. fighting, anyway. 
your 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 perpetually unimpressed cats. That photo you pick you put up of um of of uh MC and the cat is just incredible. Oh I know. Like, well and that the- one she's always unimpressed. I mean she <laughs> she's yeah, that's that's our CC cat. She's not she's not impressed by anything. Yeah, so. she just she does not care for a play to her. Um uh, I, I, as you know, I can relate with um, this demon spawn that I have wandering. Oh, you leave sweet Juno alone. Demon spawn. Uh, so uh, uh, that brings us in our in our little early roundup here to Guy. Nice to have you with us, man. Um, I will tell you for nothing that I appreciate your efforts immensely um, in doing those preseason um, Raws because that's literally all I know about preseason is listening to you and your guests, uh, which I did today again on the last match and, and, and for the previous ones as well. So, uh, heartfelt thanks for that. And I believe you're going to step into the breach again for the community shield, which we'll be talking about later on. Maybe nobody else wants to bloody do it. <laughs> it might just be me. Well, look, I'll tell you what. I, I think as a, as a as a, 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 a bit of a dig out, if you can't get anyone, um, you can definitely count on me to come on as a panelist if you want. Anyway, that's just just say just just to let you know in advance. Uh, and I do know for a fact that uh, you had a little bit of uh, research for us in advance here. Your usual high art cinema recommendation. Do you want to throw that in here at the start of oh, the yes. program? Yeah, let's do that. So we all know World War Two. It was like busy and killy and stuff like that. Yes, lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's, how, it's how I described it in GCSE yes. history. Um, <laughs> got a C, just so you know. Um, or B. I did all right in history. I like history. But this could have all changed if this, I, I presume, biographical film was true. So right. today I'm going to introduce you to the film called Werewolves of the Third Reich. Oh my god, wonderful. <laughs> right. Werewolves of the Nazis, oh yes. yes. In Germany at the height of World War II, a ragtag of American soldiers discover Dr. Mengele's diabolical plan to create an unstoppable army of Nazi werewolves. Yeah, absolutely magnificent. You know, I have played a video game, something like that, uh, at one point. Um, fantastic. And do you have anything like uh, the rating that this has received? Because oftentimes you'll have that information for us as well. I because like, really. Just... I can only, I can only imagine it's going to be high. Oh, it's it's certainly in the tens. Um, yes. with, with a misplaced decimal point. Um, <laughs> but I have a tagline for you. Oh, brilliant. Let's finish with that. When the full moon rises, the war begins. <laughs> of course it does. And of this, course it this does. was a 2.2 on IMDb. Tremendous. Or 22, as I should call it. 2.2. I, I can give you a little insight into um, the funding of this film when I tell you that uh, it was written by Andrew Jones and also directed by Andy Andrew Jones. I've got a feeling Andrew Jones may have rich parents. Yes, I, I I'd be very surprised if Andrew Jones <laughs> didn't already also star in it and do the music. Do you this reckon is... he played Nazi zombies on COD one day and just went werewolves? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lead female character is Helga Hammerstein. Not that they've gone straight for the stereotype there. No. There's a character no. called Fighting Joe Kane, which of course um, uh, reminds us of Steve Bruce's character. Was it Bill Old Bill Maynard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there a, is was is there a, a, a platoon member who's uh, red haired and called Seamus and very uh, <laughs> very bolshy, uh, uh who talks about the thirty third bit brigade and battalion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. Wa- I did watch the. I did watch the trailer for this. And there was oh, a Christ. there was a spoof. Oh, there's a trailer. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Go on IMDb. It's two oh, minutes. Yeah. It's two minutes of heaven. There is a spoof of the Inglorious Bastards uh, basement scene with uh, Michael yeah. Fassbender. Yeah. And he has a knife oh, pointed God. at his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. oh my God! You've got to say that we 
do bring we bring the culture in this show in a in a very hefty fashion. And my God, we've opened uh, with a with a with a with a bomb there. Uh, Andrew of, Jones is uh, is described as a prolific filmmaker. <laughs> prolific. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all read plenty into that. That's 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 beautiful. Yeah, it's got a lot of shit done. In other words, the Shane Long of filmmaking. Plenty of writing credits, <laughs> including Bundy and the the Green River Killer, uh, the Curse of Robert the Doll, all, all your all your favourites. Um, he's got a bit of a what, hang on the Jonestown the Jonestown haunting, the Killer Next Door, the haunting of Margam Castle. Is there a film in which lots of people don't die? For Christ's sake, <laughs> I know, right? Not not really. Um, the Exorcism of Anna Eklund, Kill Kane, Poltergeist Activity, A Haunting at the Rectory, The Last House on Cemetery Lane, uh, The Feral Generation. This sounds like a gold mine. Honestly, it really does. I, this, I, this sounds like a film festival in Drinkle's house. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> literally not one of those that I don't want to see. <laughs> literally not one of them. <laughs> I have to say. So, uh, before we drift too far... AI Film Festival. Yeah, exactly. I can see it coming. Uh, Before we drift too far from uh, the stated mission of the Anfield Index podcast, uh, as when it began, we just talk about um, Liverpool-related things. We should just have a little bit of a uh, a focus on that and see where it takes us and we might finish then with a little bit of chat about Carl's holiday which he wants to tell us something about I, I hope it's a confessional story in which uh, something something happens uh, but I do want to say red coup <laughs> fantastic <laughs> That's, that's, Military hunter is another two words you might want to think about. That's what's called. That's what's called a teaser there for yeah. later on. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. <laughs> it sounds like an Andrew Jones film. <laughs> Copax Banana Republic story. I can't wait for this. Uh, so we uh, we should start with a little bit of a review of the preseason. And like I said early on, all I know about it. Literally, all I know about it is uh, the goals by Darwin Nunes that were on Twitter the next day, and the podcast that guy um, uh, so heroically um, put out in the wake of those weird matches, especially that first one. Um, and I know, Lisa Marie, you've caught bits and pieces, but because Carl, you were out of the loop the last time, I didn't get a chance to talk to you. And we did mention when we were talking in the last one together that we haven't really been traditionally, we haven't really been, uh, into preseason. Um, any of us contributing to the show. Did you get to see any of the games to date? And let's get a take from you immediately as well. Because I do want to talk about the Community Shield, not because it's an important match, end of story, or a title, as Pep Guardiola would call it, but because of the significance of a match against Man City. So first of all, have you seen pre-season, Carl? And um, are you going to watch the game tomorrow, I think it is? Is it tomorrow? Saturday. Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I, I saw the goals. Um, and, um, yeah. I saw the training ground goals he scored, uh, which is good. Um, I think I think the goalkeepers have been a bit suspect on some of them, to be honest. But um, goals are goals. I'm happy with that. Uh, I am going to the Community Shield, and I'm not bothered about that either, to be honest. It'd be nice to beat them and sort of start with something. But um, I'm 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 been in a match for a while. I'm in a match since the no, last the Wolves, whenever that was, last game of the season. So. Um, yeah, so I'm going literally just to reacquaint myself with my football club again. Can I ask you, was it tough to get a ticket for the Community Shield? I got one quite easily. Um, yeah. And I think there might be a few spurs going around. Yeah. But, uh, um, and it's in Leicester, which is weird, but it's actually, which is actually incredibly handy for me because it's only two hours from here. See, that's what I was wondering about because yeah. it's because it's not the big venue. Um, I wondered would the tickets be scarce, um, or what the interest levels would be like for it because I've got very sort of um, mixed opinions about it. But I do, I do want to just save that topic about that game for the second thing. So let me just get a take from. Um, uh, uh, Guy and, and Lisa Marie, and I'll finish with you, Guy, because you've had the most uh, experience of of being exposed to it. But Lisa Marie, last week when we spoke, I know you you had caught bits. Did you see that most recent game, the one that ended in a one nil defeat? Did you catch any of that? I did. Um, it was it's rather like the others where 
I had it on here um, while I was working. So it was more listening than watching, but, you know, kind of looked up if commentary, you know, caught my attention enough to where it looked as though something interesting was, was about to happen. Um, and then I did listen, actually, I listened. <laughs> then I switched over and listened live on Discord when, when Guy was recording the um, post-match podcast as well. And may have thrown one or two comments in the chat as they were, as they were talking. So, so yeah, I, I mean, you. I did, I did see it. It was, it well, was. Well, ra- rather than try to sum up a preseason game, which is mean, I, I don't, I don't want to ask you to do yeah. that. Well, I did ask you last week, a very specific question. I was like, was there a takeaway from it? Because uh, listening to the lads chatting on the pod, uh, there might have been a shaky Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez moment. There was certainly a, yeah. a weird Adrian moment. And there were a couple of Darwin Nunes incidences to watch. Certain other things as well that took took the attention of the lads. What 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 was your the takeaway from you, for you from watching the match? There's probably at least one thing that stood out. Well, first of all, it was nice to see um, James Milner lead out his you know Boy Scout troop. At, yes. at the beginning of the yes. uh, beginning of the match, um, and um, yeah, I mean the first half, everybody looked a little bit disjointed, I think, if you will. But stepping back and looking at it, it isn't necessarily players that that play together on a regular basis. Now I don't know what they've been doing in you know preseason training, but but that makes sense. Um, you know, I know there was some you know this pass or that pass didn't come off, but it was also somebody was who they were passing to is not the person that they're traditionally passing to. So, you know, the, the anticipation and the runs and everything is, you know, probably just not clicking the way, the way that it should. I think the second half looked a lot better. Um, you know, when they changed everybody up and we had with the exception, I guess, of Adrienne, basically, what will likely be the starting 11 um, on Saturday. And and it did, it looked a lot better, but then it was just one of those things where we couldn't, we couldn't buy a goal. I don't think, I mean, there were some, you know, pretty decent shots and everything, but just they weren't hitting the net that, that day. Mm, yeah. That to me is the takeaway uh, uh, was just the inability to rattle a few goals home uh, regardless of uh, the the, the makeup of the team and and especially considering there was a chunk while when we did have so many um of our top lads on that that stuck in the crawl a little bit for me that's my only vague concern uh about it I, I understand preseason is preseason but I, I would like us to be rattling goals and because of the changes in personnel in that department and guy I mean as the man who uh the soldiers through that in ways that the rest of us didn't uh like, is there a takeaway for from the from the preseason? All kind of waffly talk about you can't uh, put too much weight on these things, and it's only preseason. We know all that, but there must have been something or a couple of things that took your eye, or either 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 in a good way or caused you caused your eyebrow to raise, perhaps in a bad way. What what if anything are those? Um. I mean, my first takeaway is that Salzburg really wanted to win that game. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It wanted to die for three points, even though there was no points on offer. Um, I normally go into pre-season thinking the lads who know they're in the first team aren't asked. They're there to get fit, and they know as soon as Premier League comes around, they can try and all that crap then. Whereas you look at some of the the lads, let's take midfield. I think midfield's probably the spot that's up for grabs most especially at younger players you've got Jones there you've got Elliot there um Carvalho can probably play there as well and I, I think the the four first choice midfielders but the three that came on in the second half and, and Naby I think they'll feel safe as houses I think Elliot's had a good preseason, but he's mainly played as the right winger Curtis Jones it, again, you can't really judge development in preseason, but Jones still looks like Curtis Jones. He takes too long to pass to the person, and when he does, it's the wrong pass and, and, and stuff like that. So I think maybe the lack of taking of an opportunity, but, I mean, if you think back to lads who did take the opportunity, and Kevin Stewart pocketed Sergio Busquets in preseason, Marco Gruwich looked like the best midfielder in preseason, so you can't really judge it off that, but I think if you've got lads who 
need to make a statement. I think these are the opportunity. Is it an opportunity? Or it's just a stage to do something. It's it's weird, but I think some of the lads who people have doubts about, maybe not the coaching staff, but I think certainly fans have doubts about. Um, you want to go out and impress when it's basically just a a, a kickabout game. So, but I don't think anyone's really done that, um, especially in the Salzburg game because that was dreadful. But the Leipzig game was fun. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it, it's all about really fan perception and individual uh, desires and wants for for games that we know are looked at very cynically by the uh, by the, the the management team, by the players themselves, as you so rightly said as well. And that's our segue really into looking at this game at the weekend. Uh, the significance of which for me is that we're playing Manchester City and Lisa Marie and I spoke last week about this a little bit uh, and my take on it wasn't any sort of pessimistic oh my god I don't want to uh, lose this title or any nonsense of that nature Mm -hmm. but rather I don't want any psychological edge whatsoever to go to Manchester City which given that we know guy that um, Guardiola like takes it seriously and does count it as a title famously uh (laughs) yeah exactly they will they will get a little buzz out of it if they manage to win or win convincingly or whatever because we're not quite at the races yet so that's where I am with it it's a bit of a nuisance in many ways uh what what's your take on this? I, 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 again, Carl's already said earlier on he's giving monkeys one way or the other. I, I I don't either. At the end of the day, I'll, it's not going to affect my sleep. But I don't want any advantage going to them. Do you, do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah, Adrian's playing, so I think it's a pre-season friendly. <laughs> That's the way to look at it. Man. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, to be honest, I'd be all, just to annoy Pep mainly. I'd play the under twenty ones and then just play the first team against Strasbourg on Sunday. And now just, you see, now yeah. I would love that. I like the way you think, Guy Trinkle. I like yeah. the way you think. I would love that. I think that's fucking fantastic. That's a fantastic notion. Literally give them nothing by giving them nothing of our first team. Uh, I, I like That to me would be the ultimate cynical move. I'd love if Clapo did that. But I, I've got this feeling it's not going to be like that. I mean, Carl, do you, do you, there's, there's a, a kind of evil genius in that idea, isn't there? Yeah, but I can't see it happening at all. So I think he'd, I think he'd quite like the trophy because you know we've we, we've lost it one community shield to them already on penalties, and um, it's it's I mean it's one of those things. You look at it, yeah, but is, is it the sort of the like getting ahead by winning the game on penalties, uh, or is it does it mean does it not mean a thing? I think it'll always mean a thing to them. But I think both managers will think it's a training session with a trophy at the end. But I think at the same time they think well. It'd be, it would be nice to win it, you know. We've done, we've gone through a hell of a qualifier to get to this stage, so um, you know we did, we did we did have to win a trophy to get here. Uh, and he likes trophies, and, and so, so does Jordan Henderson. So um, I'd like us to win it, but I won't be going home devastated if, if we don't win it. Would you, yeah, would you yeah. start the team for Fulham against it, or would you keep people guessing? Um, probably about. I think he's probably going to go about eight. Eight, eight, eight of who we can pick, I think, and, and, and whack in the odds. I was going to say whack in the odds, Minamino, but we haven't got one. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just do the odds or whatever. To be honest, I'm not quite looking forward to seeing Haaland. I hope he plays. Um, because I, I never got to see him when we played against him. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it'll just be sort of 75% of the first team and get them ready for, for, for the actual proper game that's coming the week after. Well, speaking of... Uh, this particular game and the ones that are coming after and with the uh, opinion already raised by Guy there, Lisa Marie, uh, that it'll probably be Adrian. There's stuff on the official website there, LFC uh, or LiverpoolFootballClub.com. They have uh, a little article about Alisson and uh, Kloppo was asked, about his availability, and he says, no, Alisson and Diogo, more of whom later, have no chance. Ali trained today, uh, more than the day before, so he'll definitely be available for Fulham. So, uh, group uh, relief there. Uh, But not for this weekend, he says. And he goes on to say the same for uh, Jota. Diogo is not here with us, so how could he play a football game? That will take a while, unfortunately. That's it. So it looks like a longer-term situation for Jota, where he probably won't be back involved for Fulham either. Um, 
the Allison thing has a heavy enough bearing on how seriously I can take the game. And I know exactly what Guy's saying when he says, Lisa Marie, uh, if, if Adrian's starting, it's, it's friendly, uh, as far as I'm concerned as well. And like, it does take a little bit of the pressure off, oddly enough. So now I can possibly relax and, uh, not wince if Haaland bombs one in from 30 yards against, uh, Adrian. Cause, you know, who cares? That's my current take now. That's, that's how my thoughts are evolving on it. Where are you with the whole community shield and its level of importance to you? I would concur with that take. Um, there, Trev. I mean, I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm, I'm out of town this weekend, so I'm, I'm not going to be at a place where I'm going to be able to watch it anyway. Um, and yeah, and we, you know, the, I know you and I, as you, as you alluded to, we, we talked about it a bit on our last podcast. And the more I've been kind of thinking about it, just, you know, as it turns over in my brain or I hear people, you know, mentioning it coming up on Saturday, the less I kind of care about it. And, and I absolutely agree with Guy, if Adrian's in gold, then, you know, whatever. Um, of course, we say that. I mean, let's just cross our fingers and hope that that isn't the case the following Saturday for the, for the first game of the season. But yeah, it's, it's another preseason match as far as I'm concerned. It's, yeah, it's just a friendly with the trophy, just like they got over there, you know, in Thailand and, and Singapore, you know, you yeah, know, nice. Man United got that lovely, lovely trophy um, that it looks like one of my kids put together an art class. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of my thought. Let let me, for the benefit of our listeners who don't do a lot of reading around with interviews, because I did notice, and Carl, you'll be able to speak to this more than anybody, you know, towards the end of my time writing regularly, I thought I really noticed a lot of drop off in the amount of people that were reading stuff even on the official website or whatever and just in case you didn't get these quotes from Kloppo and you know <laughs> Kloppo take it with a grain of salt uh press conference uh warning in advance here on the shield and whether it has any massive bearing he says the situation is that it's a very important game but the situation is that we still have to prepare a season so we cannot ignore that so we played last night against Salzburg. We lost 1-0. We trained the day before twice. So pretty intense. That's what we have to do. I cannot ignore the fact that after this important game is a season coming up. So we have to extend our preseason, if you want, into the season. We play on Saturday against City and we play on Sunday a preseason test game, whatever, against Strasbourg. Then we play Fulham and the next day we play another game. Just that we can extend our preseason. That's what we have to do. So that's an interesting little thing already. Uh that, you know, much like we were saying, um yourself and myself like somebody last week, the you know to quote Jan on it, like it it takes a couple of games of the season to even get into any rhythm at all. So there, he's talking about another game immediately after Fulham just to keep going with this sort of pre-season uh, prep thing. So you still more reasons, I have to say, and Guy, let, let me throw this one at you, still more reasons why we can't... <laughs> It would be daft to be getting too head up about it. I think the attitude Carl has because he's lucky enough to be able to go to it. Just go and have a curious, curious head on you watching Haaland and our new boys. And, you know, that's probably the only way to take this, right? Yeah, just treat it like soccer, right, basically. Um, I think that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Some lad with Gusebi in the front. Calvin Irish comes up. <laughs> Serge bombing down the wing for the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Portly Robbie Williams, yeah, great. But yeah, I, I think I think it's probably become more pre-seasony every year now. Really, well, I think Man City are in it every bloody year as well, which doesn't help. Um, yeah. Makes it less interesting. I think we've had a couple against United, and it, it almost feels a bit more justified by rivalry. But when you see like Man City against Arsenal, it's like, eh, I don't give a shit. But obviously, it does this year, so. I'll watch it. I'll have to pod about it. Um, hopefully, it's an exciting game because that Salzburg game is a tough one to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think you go there just by sheer intrigue. I think people want to see Darwin Nunes in the flesh. Only our um, uh, Asian fans of, of, and anyone from Austria and Germany have only been able to see him, see him so far. But you want to see how he links with Mo, with um, with Diaz and stuff like that. And you want to see Carvalho because I think. We saw Nunes up close and personal in the Champions League. 
who watches who watches the championship really apart from the one week before the Premier League. <laughs> That's the only time I actually watch the championship. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see the new lads. But yeah, there is there is an intrigue around Man City because we've all we all know it'll be us one and two, and that that's how it'll probably be because Chelsea, eh, and Arsenal, United, and Spurs aren't going to make that jump either. So I think you're right. You gotta you gotta take it with intrigue and look at Man City and see Erling Haaland is he is he really this freak or is it another case of Bundesliga tax and hopefully Van Dijk basically just pockets him easy as anything, um, but. It, it won't really mean anything if he scores a hat-trick against us in the league later in the year. So. But yeah, I think you go, go in it. Then Klopp and Guardiola will be overly friendly and then in, in months that come, there'll be little snide comments between the both of them as there usually is. But yeah, as I said, soccer aid for me. Well, you know, Carl, as a fella who's had a little bit of time to relax there recently, I can just, I don't know if that increased or decreased your uh, social media interactions uh, or what you've been watching, um, you know, whether you were lounging and scrolling a lot or whatever. But if you were, you'll have seen something very interesting because Guy touching it there that, you know, we'll be looking forward to seeing Darwin Nunes. It, it seems to me that the, the vast majority of people who will be watching Darwin Nunes with great, great, great interest are uh, non-Liverpool fans because they're the ones who've been posting uh, pathetic little videos from our training sessions where he doesn't hit the target and going lol uh, so you know this is a, it, it, it is actually for that reason again that you know I, I don't think this stuff affects the players really unless it's put to Klopp in a press conference uh, or they're very sensitive little flowers but it, it it has been really notable this week how much attention is on him and how much of it is negative negative attention from people who don't even support Liverpool. It's very twenty twenty two. This isn't it, Carl? If we if we bought Mbappe and um, and Haaland and played four four two, people would be saying they've blown all that money. You know, you can't really win on that. I mean, the fans who don't support Liverpool and have an active dislike Liverpool are never going to be fair to Liverpool in the same way. I'm not going to be about Everton or United. So you can't you can't really sort of take that. Um, I will admit I didn't see. I was surprised when we bought him. I'll say that given you know what's what I've seen. Um, but uh, when we when he played against us, but the, the, the point about him is it's not what he's done in the in the past. It's what he's going to do with this with this manager. That's the big thing for me. And you know if he's a bit ring rusty or whatever, then or he's got issues with his game, then. He's working with the best manager in the world who thinks he's got something, and that's good enough for me. You know, I'm happy to do that. If he doesn't start till, till October, I'm in a Fabino way, then I'm, I'm happy with that as well. It's, it's not about what he's doing in preseason. It's a, it's, it's a kickabout. It doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, guys, just been saying someone's done a big, a big, massive, um, uh, ultra tweet. And as a writer, I shouldn't be saying I don't care what people think, but there's 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 so much noise out there anyway that people aren't going to like him without seeing him anyway. So um, I can't really take that view seriously, to be honest. Well, one thing we can say for certain is that he's a hell of a lad to pose with a fish. Fair play to him. That uh, is a hell of a picture. I, I, I have yes. seen. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 it, it's it's one of the more bizarre preseason things I've ever seen is uh, him and Ali in their respective fish pictures. But you know, uh, it, it this is the kind of thing that we uh, we do like to see at the at we, the start. We should do a show actually on on completely inappropriate um, photo, um, photos of footballers. I I, th- I think there's possibly there's possibly more than a show in that. Yeah, when you think about it, and you know the guy again, just to try and segue the next topic that I wanted to get to in here, the guy that he's probably going to be uh, uh, vying with for a starting berth, um, um, our, our fish poser there, is uh, is Bobby Firmino, and there was a lot of talk again by excitable types on Twitter about um, Juventus and interest there, uh, and again just to quote Klopp because. It is kind of important that when he was doing his pre-Community um, Shield presser, he said in Austria, 
Bobby is crucial for us. Bobby's the heart and soul of the team. Uh, the way we played in the last few years is only possible because of Bobby. That's why I'm really, really happy. You could train the majority of the time here in the preseason so far and everything looks really good. I'm absolutely fine. And for me, there is no doubt about his quality. All the rest, we will see how this year goes. But yes, he's essential for us. Now, uh, there's a few little ways that tangents that, that he takes there that I wish he hadn't. But uh, what do you think, Carl? I mean, that does sound pretty convincing in terms of putting the rumours of a potential exit to bed, doesn't it? I, I think he's staying, but he's also aware that he's in his 30s for so one more year and um, see what he can do. But, you know, I, I don't think he's... I, I'd probably be amazed if he goes just because Sadio's gone as well. I don't think he's going to take two-thirds of his lineup out. Um, with Divock gone as well, you know, and I know, I know we've got the new lad in Carvalho who can fill in and maybe Harvey can push up, I don't know, but um, I can't see him getting rid of Firmino. Um, I don't know, but I do think he's going to get a few minutes, which is really, really sad because he's a legend, a genuine football legend. Yeah, and and I, I like I, Lisa Marie, I couldn't agree more with the things Klopp was saying there about how crucial he is and how crucial he has been. But that line at the end where he says, "Look, all the rest, we'll see how this year goes." But yes, he's essential for us. Like what that to me is saying, look, he's going to get one of these sort of reviews at the end of the year and we'll decide whether we do a Jimmy Milner and a, and a Jordan Henderson and offer him uh, new terms. Uh, that seems to be pretty much what he's saying there, pretty explicitly as well, I would have thought. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that is what, you know, it's it's just evaluating, you know, what as harsh as it can be is what's best for the team. And, you know, if, if him continuing to, to stick around is, you know, is in our best interest, then that's great. But, um, you know, I mean, all of us a year or so ago were, you know, quite concerned about how the team was aging, you know, how many, how many players we had, you know, in the upper twenties approaching or, you know, even at 30 and, you know, we're seeing that refresh as, as we were all calling for and, you know, unfortunately, part of that sometimes is letting, you know, wonderful players like Firmino, you know, move on and, you know, finish their career somewhere else. And and I think a lot of it may depend on how much he's wanting to play. Um, you know, if he's content like Milner, you know, to, to just be a, you know, a squad player that comes in and, you know, for 10 minutes and kicks somebody up in the air, as, as we often say. Um, not that Bobby does that, but, you know, Millie. Or, you know, if he's wanting to play on a more regular basis, more minutes, then it very well might be time for him to to move on. Now, I noticed the title of the last Raw uh, invoked Jimmy Milner's preseason beard, uh, which, which, yeah, which, to be fair, has the goal of what lads used to call a depression beard uh, for me. Uh, but, Lismarie, you told me, we were t- talking, was it yesterday, about the origin of it and where it's come from. And apparently a couple of our players have had a sort of a, an influence in the sprouting of, of said whiskers. What, what's the actual story there? Because I never got around to seeing that thing. I think, and, and I'm kind of going off of memory here, but um, yeah, and Milner said this himself. I think he was doing, you know, one of those preseason interviews and, and they asked him, you know, hey, you know, what's, what's with the beard? And I guess Hindo and Romo, were you know giving him stick in the training room one day and he was like all right sure fine i'll grow a beard so so henderson and robertson are are apparently responsible for the the milner beard both of whom have experimented with uh with with beards actually handle much more so but uh i don't know guy like i mean he's taking the nivea money He's, yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah, he's taking. The, there's going to be a big uh, shaving scene very soon, I think, uh, featuring Jimmy Miller's granite jaw, uh, and it'll be glorious to behold because it just doesn't look right. Uh, it's it's like, really sad that he's got into the into the hands of big beard oil. <laughs> I I just think the it makes tea it branded beard oil. Yeah. yeah. First, just, it'll, it'll be subliminal messages at half time now. It makes it look even more Sergeant Millie, you know what I mean? He just has that, like I say, square jawed, 
World War II hero to bring things full circle here. I go back to our, our, our opening, uh, and the, the, the stubble on it just, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't see it being a feature. Uh, it, it unsettles me, as I think, uh, Lisa Marie said last week. Uh, I, I, I don't, uh, it does unsettle me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy with it. Uh, in terms of segueing out to the end of the show, I want to just throw it open there. Is there anything that anybody wants to talk about that is Liverpool related that I haven't flagged up? I just tried to get around some of the bigger stories and some of the things that are actually happening and some of the quotes that are coming out. But is there anything that anybody's seen that they want to throw on the table? We'll just literally give it five seconds and if nobody jumps in, we'll move. Women's football's good. Not Liverpool related. Not Liverpool related. Let's go there though. Uh, there's a big lot of talk about it. Obviously, I don't watch football until the season starts. Uh, that is, uh, that is well known. I don't, uh, know what's going on, but I've seen nothing but reports and I've seen Ian Wright talking, uh, effusively about, uh, girls getting the chance to do football and PE and all that kind of thing. I suppose I didn't really understand, uh, what sort of, Difficulties, maybe, that uh, certain um, young girls faced in trying to get to play football. I didn't understand that that was a thing. Um, but, Carl, you bring it up. Uh, what's been your take on it? Because, again, like we should address it here. You know, if it was England playing at the end of your garden, you mightn't even look at it, uh, the men's team. And yet, you know, uh, it, 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 this is an England team we're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, I mean sweet Caroline part. Um, it's it's everything that's good about football. Um, it's um, the crowds are fine. They're not singing songs about other countries. Um, there's none of the national anthem. I don't care if you like that. I don't. Um, and there is just people enjoying football, including kids, including young girls, which is great to see as well because you know they they are the next step in in the women's game. And um, the France. Um, Germany goal, great goals, just genuinely brilliant. That that first German goal last night was phenomenal. Where she where she got across and got her angle in, and um, I think it might be a little bit overhyped, but it, it bloody deserves to be after the way it's been torn down by people like Alan Sugar and he's a, he's a prick that man. That's the um, highlight it, of the tournament, to be fair, is Ian Wright burning him on a tweet, t- t- telling him he needs to hug, he needs a hug, yeah. and he called him calling him bro. If anyone missed this, um, Alan Sugar basically went talked to Twitter um, and said, um, uh, "Oh, oh, look, it's it's all women only on the pundit panel, blah blah blah." And then um, you know this is this this wouldn't happen, you know. Wow, that's not very you know fair and what have you. And then Ian Ian Wright came in for the England Norway game. I didn't see any of this, by the way, but. And uh, I said, oh, oh, because I said this tweet that um, mm-hmm. that Ian Wright's suddenly involved. And that's what Ian Wright said, oh, I was booked a year ago. Do you think they just bring me in on the Friday so we haven't got a pundit in? It's done so far in advance. I was always doing this game because I love watching football and he loves England. And uh, and then he just sort of dissolved into, Alan, you need, you need a hug, mate. You know, don't double down on this stuff. Come on, there's room for football for everyone here. Can uh, I say... And he had yeah. another go yesterday as well, saying like you know if if the, there's no his point was I thought it was very interesting. There's no point. There's no legacy after the, after the Olympics in 2012. We did it. Nothing happened. None of that spirit um, yeah. has worked on whatsoever, which I completely agree with. Um, uh, and he said, you know, and we can't fall into that thing here because this has been the crowds have been great for it. It's been um, played in, in a brilliant spirit. Um, I was. I wouldn't say I was massively excited by it because it, it's England, but it's it's um, uh, I watched I watched it. I'm glad England won because they just seem like you know nice people. It and is nice supporting England for once, though, because it's probably something for I, you, Carl. I, I supported Italy last tournament because I like the national anthem. That's about it. it yeah, and kits. <laughs> yeah, I I, I like. I, I was a bit disappointed at Sweden because Sweden have got one of the greatest kits ever and always have had a good kit, which is a big deal with me. I think I think there's a there's an element of um, do I only support them because the people because I'm against the people who would hate it. Um, that's one part of it. But the most interesting thing for me was because I, I don't know anything about the players. I do now, obviously, because I've watched a few games. But was trying to work out whether I like that player. I was going onto Wikipedia to see who they played for to see if I dislike them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's nice to see that that the at the end of the day, uh, all, all the high-minded uh, talk uh, gives way to to tribalism. I do love play for. Oh, you can yeah, exactly. You can fuck up. <laughs> uh, but 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 I do I do actually want to double down on this thing, and 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 I'd like to thank you for not using the title given or bought or whatever purchased or whatever. Only should have titles. I've always said that. Yeah, uh, you know how I feel about all that sort of nonsense. Uh, and Alan Sugar, it should be remembered, uh, not that many years ago, tweeted a Photoshop picture of the Senegal team standing yeah. uh, in front of a load of uh, uh, shades and other items. And he says, uh, I recognize some of these guys from the beach in Marbella, multitasking, resourceful chaps. And I'm sorry, but... I don't care that you're of a certain age or background or whatever. That is tone deaf at best and racist at worst. And that's the type of person he doesn't, you know, you got to acknowledge what he is uh, and what, what, uh, what you're dealing with there. And the fact that he has a platform and all is kind of sad. What, what, what uh, I feel like though, Trevor is every now and then he'll say, um, what's the Tottenham score? rather than look it up himself. And Richard Herring, uh, the comedian, always replies and tells him the score like days after the event, and he does it regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, with that, uh, let's think about winding this down. uh, uh, Can I I, I ask Lisa Marie a question? Oh, yeah. I I run my own podcast, Trevor, and it's very successful. Um, <laughs> what, what, is, what is there is there any sort of um, traction with for the the women's the, the game in, for women in America? Oh, absolutely! There's me just throwing away my entire presenting skills because I couldn't get that sentence out. There we go. <laughs> Trev, I, I, Trev, ask you that question. Yeah, tough shit, Carl. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well, you know. To be fair, Lisa Marie, before you get, before you you go off on one here, because I know I know you, you've plenty to say on it. Like I actually know maybe 10 US women's footballers over the last couple of years because it's huge there, right? It's yeah, massive. I was going to say, yeah, I was wondering if it's more sort but, of more part of the country. But, 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 but I believe, Lisa Marie, that there's been a lot of talk led by the captain of the most recent really successful team uh, uh, about pay equality. Is that right? That's a huge issue at the moment. Yes. Now I can't, I'm not going to be able to speak to any specifics on that, but all right. First of all, yes, the U.S. women's soccer team is more, is more popular than the men's team. Um, just because the game, I think, well, they've been, of course, hugely successful. That always helps tremendously. Um, and the sport is, I, I want to say it has a little less competition. Um, for athletes than, you know, the traditional male sports. I mean, you know, boys grow up playing, you know, baseball and basketball and American football and, you know, or soccer. And so you just, it it just doesn't have as much of a a grassroots, you know, in place more so now, you know, but, but, you know, it, it didn't traditionally. Whereas, you know, when I was growing up, you know, soccer was, it was, you know, girls played soccer, they played basketball, or they played uh, softball. And, you know, that was, that was kind of it. Now, of course, I don't know if you've heard of, you know, there was Title Nine that was passed yeah. in the U.S., you know, and it, it, it actually celebrated its 50th um, anniversary about a month or so ago, um, you know, which gave some equality as far as funding and things were concerned for women's sports. Um, versus men's sports so that's that's helped tremendously you know on this end you know to allow the women's teams especially you know on university levels and things to get you know to get more funding than they probably would have otherwise um but the women's the women's teams games are traditionally better attended than the men's teams i or or were um, until recently i i can't speak for that now and and i've actually the women's team uh, U.S. team played the England team here in Nashville a couple of years ago, and we went and saw the match. So, I've always yeah. been... and then, then as far as the pay thing, yes, they have been fighting for their, you know, the pay, and they have a point that you know they were the successful team. They're winning World Cups, they're winning Olympic gold medals, et cetera, et cetera, and they were being paid far less than the U.S. men's team, you know, was yeah. being paid, and 
they have now, I believe, won that lawsuit for that pay to be more equalized. I don't know this could be completely equal, but it's going to be on a more even keel or supposed to be going forward. So we'll we'll have to see how that kind of pans out. Yeah, I saw a couple of interviews with Megan Rapinoe about that, uh, who's been kind of leading the charge there, as you might expect. Uh, so fair play uh, to her for that. And as we sort of draw this to to a conclusion, and we'll, we're, we're, we're going to finish with Carl's uh, tale about his holidays. Uh, Guy, you haven't been on this for a while, and me, myself and Cam talked about our best holidays uh, last week, or the last week we did together. And then Lisa Marie and I had a little bit of a chat about similar stuff uh, last week as well, a bit of tour, tourism talk. I was trying to get the uh, inside track in Tennessee. And uh, it, 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 it made me uh, think that it would be only fair to ask you uh, off the top of your head now, without any preparation time, I'll put a false end of show question in there, without any preparation time, what do you reckon is the best holiday you've been on and why? Ooh, I've not been on holiday in a long while, to be fair, Trev. Um, I've been to Spain when I was a kid, but my favourite one, um, I'm not sure if this is like standardised across uh, the UK in terms of potential uh, school trips, but we did the Battlefield school trip. So All we right. went to uh, Ypres. Um, so yeah, Belgium's really nice, so I quite enjoyed that. But as, I, as I said, with my film choices, history buff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ypres was quite nice, nice little town. Um, or a nice little town near Ypres, I should say. Um, but yeah, Belgium was nice. Uh, France was quite nice. Uh, big ass cemeteries were well when when you were in year ten, I think we were. You don't really um, understand the the what it actually means but yeah we're thinking back now holy shit um but yeah uh the battlefield too was was quite nice considering i was quite young and it was just uh my mates basically and obviously other students but yeah i think they'd probably pick that Did one you see any werewolves uh no i, I think um... that was the wrong war isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah primarily, you know, the, primarily as often as i hear you all do it it just it, it just astonishes me that you talk about going to different countries the way I talk about to going to di- different states. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we were in Belgium, we were in France. Yeah, it'd be like me going, all right, well, yeah, I went to Kentucky and then I went to Mississippi. And then, yeah, by the way, I have been to 42 of the 50 states, just saying. That That is impressive. But also, comparable distances <laughs> as well. Like, I mean, uh, I went to, to Belgium a couple of years ago, went to Ghent and Bruges, and like, it's, uh, I, was it even. I don't think it was even an hour and a half on the plane. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's doable. It uh, is. I mean, yeah. In, in, it's just... it, you know. I go to Mexico next year and 12 hours on a plane is going to fry my mind, I think. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, that, that, that is a place I'd love to visit, man. What's the, what's the, what, what's the attraction of Mexico for you? Or is there a specific event you're going to? Or, my mate's or, wedding. <laughs> your mate's wedding. Oh, yeah. When you say Mexico, do you mean like Cancun or uh, somewhere? Yes. Yeah, so it's all inclusive at the airport, Cancun. Oh, one of the, no yeah. yeah. Don't set foot off the resort. <laughs> How else you meant to ex- experience Mexico? <laughs> I think there's like one of the uh, Seven Wonders of the World tour thing you can go on, so that should be fun. And swimming oh, yeah. with turtles. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Delightful. Beautiful. Delightful. Excellent. Now, Carl, of course, this all is just a preamble to uh, whatever the hell you were building up towards at the start of the show there. <laughs> so you've recently been on your on your uh, on your holidays as well. What was the uh, what was the destination for folks who, who don't follow you on the socials? I've been to Madeira in the um, in the Atlantic, uh, and I was flight from Lisbon. Um, I'd like to use this platform, uh, abuse this platform to say these words: "Fuck EasyJet, you prick!" <laughs> um, Jesus Christ! There's ways to run a company, and then there's you. Um, but uh, I absolutely loved it. I've um, I've only been to Portugal once, and it's. Uh, and I loved, I loved, and I love Lisbon anyway. Um, but um, Madeira is just, just gorgeous. Really, really nice place. And um, like, like sort of Lanzarote in Gran Canaria, it's basically it's a volcanic rock, um, and and the the sand is imported from Morocco, and it's closer to Morocco than it is to Europe, which is a, uh, which was nice. A um, little, little bit warm, Trav. To be honest. Yeah. And, um, yeah. How, how do you do? How do you cope with that type of thing? I, I don't. Carl, you, uh... 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I spent at least one day with a wet towel on my head. Uh, <laughs> and, yet, and, yet, and yet still managed to swim outside every day. Because um, what you want to do there is swimming in the sea every day if you're suffering from heat exhaustion. Um, but the highlight was we went to um, we went to Funchal for the day. Uh, there is a statue, uh, like the bust of, of uh, Ronaldo at the airport when you wait for your cab, um, which is funny. And then you go and see the real thing uh, next to the CR7 museum and hotel unit. Uh, and whoa, it, it, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, back that up. There's a oh, He's from there. If that's where he, that's where he's from. Yeah, but 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 what? It's there's a hotel. There's a hotel, the CR7 hotel. Yeah. Oh, Copying God. Gary Neville is here. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's like the it's like the Joseph Enrique hostel in speak. Oh yeah. It's very <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, remember, remember, remember when our Spanish players got locked in Jose Enrique's basement for half a season? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I won't have a bad word said about Jose Enrique. He's Man, an Keo absolute... disappeared for a year. <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, but he's, he's a legend of a lad. I have to say, I've really, I really, I, I really love the stuff that he puts on social media. And will there ever be a better? He, he, I, I I can only assume it was right, right back. Yes. No. No. <laughs> Will there ever be a better um, picture posted online than him and his girlfriend standing naked as he was photographing the view out his hotel window and the reflection was barely yep. visible? I mean, <laughs> Josie, what a lad! Fair play to him. Um. So hang on. So you go past the hotel, the Ronaldo Hotel, past the cultural heritage center, and yeah. then what? What 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 were we, what was next? I went to um I, we took a day a, a day trip a three hour trip out on a catamaran where you sit on the netting at the front which is above the water uh, and then we got out and had a swim with some well actually not at the same time we, we some some dolphins joined us as in you know leaping out of the water and all that and then just before you come back in uh, into port um they they sort of just put one of the ladders down you can go and swim in the green azure green uh, waters of the Atlantic and I thought at this point I am not thinking what day 3.7643 LSC our boss says on Twitter about Darwin Nunes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's when you know you've totally uh, switched off Um, yeah yeah I was thinking is that a real thing in my life apparently it is yeah to to be fair, that's a hell of a prompt as well. Uh, you know, if you've got something as naturally gorgeous as that, that'll do it uh, in terms of uh, distracting you, I have to say. Uh, yeah, so sadly still no holiday for me, but I, I can't uh, I can't complain too much seeing as I'm on holidays uh, in a way that most people aren't. Uh, so we should start wrapping it up. Um, is there anything that anybody wants to throw in or plug before we go that you had prepared? Because if not, we can start... The, uh... just, just one very quick thing. I can say something up in one sentence, but it, it may require more than that. Um, our website is on Green Grass in a Ball. If you've got t- five minutes to spare, please read Stephen Scrag's piece on why Thomas the Tank Engine was a gobshite. It is football related. It's just glorious, every single word of it. Just tremendous stuff. And uh, it, it's my intention to... Uh, Retweet it and spread it widely uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, tremendous work by Scraggy. Uh, just get yourself over to the website anyway, because there's such a great collection of writing on there about uh, assorted football and non-Liverpool topics. Uh, All Liverpool. I do, I do heartily recommend it. I have to say, uh, I'll be doing the second of two um, great stories tonight. Starting it tonight, it'll be with you tomorrow. It's going to be a HP Lovecraft horror tale uh, called Dagon. Uh, so do keep an eye out for that if that tickles your fancy. Lisa Marie, anything to wrap up with or are you happy enough? I'm happy enough. Um, four years ago today, I was at the University of Michigan watching Liverpool play Manchester United and that's when I fell in love absolutely and completely with this football. Oh, nice, so. nice, nice. I absolutely love that. That's perfect timing. And Guy, what about yourself, man? Anything you want to throw out there in terms of a finish-up? I kind of wish you came to me after the wholesome thing by Lisa Marie. I, was just gonna ask, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't going to plug anything, but then I was going to ask. Does that, I just had fish and chips for tea, and I wanted to know, are you curry sauce people? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Men of culture. That's, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Lisa Marie, I noticed you didn't answer that. Well, because I don't know what that is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I might be. I'd be willing to try it. I mean, I have had fish and chips. but So hang on. If I said to you, if I said the phrase to you, curry chips, you just don't know what that is. Now, all right. Chips are what we call fries, correct? So that I do know. Um, but, but yeah, as far as to be able to absolutely understand from a flavor standpoint or a seasoning standpoint now. Yeah. I think you might be going a bit too highbrow here. You're basically talking about, uh, this, is uh, slop a on a, this is slop in a yeah. post iron box. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> usually, usually a tinfoil box, uh, tri- a rectangular shape, uh, some thick cut chipper chips and then slopped curry sauce over the top. It looks foul it tastes magical uh, okay and it's another one for your list yeah yeah chicken fillet roll and curry chips I, I i think that's a that's a triumph guy i'm glad you went there at the end thanks man uh so we will uh wrap it up uh thanks to guy thanks to lisa marie and thanks to carl i've been trev downey this has been the anfield pod anfield podcast index uh which is a completely <laughs> different thing uh and it was episode 333 so it was we'll speak to you next week we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.